Thank you. That was awesome. Yeah, since I've got to do something impromptu from 10.30 last night. <laughs> yeah. I think this is the least um, things going on we've had for Christmas Eve. Let's see, yesterday, what happened? Toilet got plugged at the church, had to clean up the floor, unplug the toilet, and had to do all that kind of stuff. Those are little things, aren't they? After hearing Sama last week, and then having to do something impromptu, that's nothing, right? Yeah, we have such an easy life, everything is easy. And I want to tell you, uh, this is something that was written by our missionary church president, not, the, not Bob Ransom that we saw here, but he's the international one, so above everything, Bob is over the U.S. ministries. And uh, he wrote something about Christmas, and sometimes we don't think about the people in the stories. We think that, I don't know, we look at them as people who had no trials, or, had, or they just breezed through it all. Because you know why? They're superheroes. But if you read the Bible, there are people like you and I, and, and a lot of times we don't think about what they may have gone through. So I thought this was really good. He talks about a couple of women and what they went through. And the first one was at a time where if you didn't have children, if a woman didn't have children, she was looked down upon because it was her fault. Now we find out it's really the guy's fault. <laughs> but it was the woman's fault if she didn't have children. And she was really uh, looked at as cursed. So he writes, her beauty couldn't protect her from the gossip. If the men fell silent when she walked into town and followed her with their eyes until she was out of sight, it would only have caused their wives to be more vicious behind her back. How many times did they fall silent when she approached? How many times did she choose to look away when they stared pointedly at her stomach? She may have tried to shrug it off when they gathered their children or talked about their pregnancies, but it wore on her. Sometimes we don't think how that might wear on somebody. She held her chin high every day, but the slow erosion of self-confidence surely sapped the fire from her beautiful eyes. When she would go home, he would hold her, of course, and whisper to her that it didn't matter. Let them think whatever they like. They're just jealous. They'll never be what you are, and they hate you for that. She loved him, but how could she not have longed for a chance to get out of town, to start fresh somewhere else? And her name was Sarah. She may have been a very beautiful woman, but what did that matter to her? She was not pregnant, and apparently never would be. And though she never knew it in the daily pain of her barrenness, God had big plans for her and her husband Abraham. And there's another woman in another time, and this woman too knew the sharp edge of pain. Her own village was just as cruel. People smirked and fell silent when she walked past. They stared at her body too, but for very different reasons. And just like her great ancestor, she looked away and walked with her chin held high. But she too 
would wilt at home behind closed doors. Her name was Mary. You know, he's putting it mildly because people were probably talking about stoning her. Do we ever think of her as Mary with the red-rimmed eyes? Weeping at home? We're not sure exactly how long she lived in Joseph's home as his wife, pregnant with a child that was not his own. But Matthew tells us when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Did you ever think of him holding her at night, feeling that new life? No doubt he would whisper to her that the gossip of the women didn't matter. Let them think whatever they like, it doesn't matter. There is a sort of candlelight that these two women shared. A candle's light is sweetest when the other lights are dim. It's not lit in the sunlight of noontime or enjoyed when lamps are shining brightly. The beauty of a candle is only appreciated in the dark. For Sarah, the candle of hope burned brightly against the darkness of her barrenness. When Abraham heard the voice of a God he did not yet know, it called him to leave his hometown and follow would he have been as likely to leave his hometown if his home were full of children? When God told him to go, he also promised him, I will make you into a great nation. I have no doubt that they found it easier to go, at least in part, because of the sadness Sarah felt at being childless, going to somewhere where nobody knew her. Perhaps God allowed the darkness of Sarah's barrenness to push them from the nest, in search of the light of hope. For Mary, the candle of hope burned bright to push back the darkness of her circumstances. She lived in Nazareth. Bethlehem was a long journey for a pregnant woman nearing childbirth, and she was not required to go and register in Bethlehem as Joseph was. Only the men were required to go. So if she didn't have all of this persecution in her life. It must have been very uncomfortable being ready to give birth and riding on a donkey, maybe, on a rough, unpaved road a long way. When she didn't have to go, only Joseph was required. She could have stayed home. Would she have taken the long and difficult journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, lurching apparently on the back of a donkey, if it were not such a sweet relief to avoid the spotlight of her small-town scrutiny? Perhaps God used the darkness of Mary's misery to draw her to her destiny in Bethlehem. The prophecies were that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. Mary's candle flared to life in the first gasping cry of a newborn. When Jesus was born, God closed the chapter on centuries of darkness. And turning the page, he wrote chapter 2. Where God sees darkness, he lights a candle. That candle burned against every form of darkness. An oddity of the Jewish law was that the shepherds who tended the flocks 
used for the temple sacrifices were not permitted to have those lambs sacrificed on their behalf. They who raised the sacrifice for others could not take part in it themselves. But against the black darkness of their exclusion, the candle of hope suddenly burned. A lamb had finally been born for them. The good news was to be for all people, not all except the shepherds. How wonderful it must have felt to have the angels say to these outcast shepherds, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Sometimes we don't think of the shepherds that way. So, family, if this year finds you in a place that is a bit darker than usual, God has lit a candle for you in the coming of Jesus. Look to that candle. There are times when the bright and beautiful thing that God is doing in you can only be accomplished against the backdrop of a dark time in your life. Now, I'll read that again. There are times when the bright and beautiful thing that God is doing in you can only be accomplished against the backdrop of a dark time in your life. You can trust Him. His plans for you are for good and not evil, to bless you and not curse you, to give you a future and a hope. His word will continue to come true. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. O those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. The day is coming soon when you will find that the darkness he allowed for a season actually made his Christmas gift sweeter and more beautiful. Merry Christmas. And, you know, it's the backdrop again that we see that this is a season that we remember his, his love for us. And we don't even, you know, even the sacrifice that Jesus did, sometimes it's hard for us to understand for him to even come here. Um, think of maybe if, what if you woke up tomorrow as an infant? And you tried to talk to somebody and all that came out of your mouth was goo goo gaga. And your brain wasn't developed enough to think anymore. And then you soiled yourself and you couldn't do anything about it. And you wanted to drive to the store to get yourself diapers and your, your body wouldn't work. But imagine being all-powerful and um, finding yourself like that. Imagine being all-knowing and all of a sudden, all you can say is goo goo gaga. <laughs> He sacrificed a lot to come for us. So that's, this is about his love for us, too. And that's just the beginning. Because he had to go through all that time, and then he had the biggest sacrifice to be done yet. And yet, that darkness was the greatest thing that ever happened in the universe, and we will remember him and love him and worship him forever. And it's always darkest just before the dawn. And we don't grow 
except unless we struggle. And how many people have ever lifted weights? See, almost everybody. You know, if you don't struggle, you don't grow. And so the, the Lord doesn't give us those bad things. Before sin came into the world, there was no bad things. But He uses those to make us stronger and become more like His Son. And I'm, I'm glad he, he did that for me. And um, to tell you the truth, um, I didn't like, you know, I look back and I say, man, I'm so glad that for the trials he gave me so that I could grow. Because I look back on who I was and I was going, man, what a rotten character. Still got a lot to grow to be like Jesus. But I look back on that, and it was what made me change and grow was the trials, the trials of life. And that's, that's all it, it was. But it, we also got to remember, it's all founded on his love for us. And that's why this is so important to remember this time and, and his coming and the beginning of this, because it was his love for us that drove him. So I, I always say this season, when I say the reason for the season, people say Jesus, but it's not Jesus, it, it was us. The reason for the season is you, because he wouldn't have come if it wasn't for his love for us. With the word, he could have created more people. So it, it's really not about him, he didn't have to come, it's about you and his love for us. And that's what we really, and like that last song we sang, we just sang, and we'll sing it again, so I want that as our last song, is that we remember the foundation of everything is His love for us. You know, and the scripture says that, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge Him. Yeah? And He will direct our paths. But if we don't know His love for us, why would I trust Him with all my heart? Why would I do what He directs me to do when my own mind is telling me, no, I don't want to do that? Why would Jesus go to the cross when His mind was telling Him, Father, take this away from me. I don't want this. Why would we do that only if we understand His love for us? So to trust Him with all our heart, which is faith, and lean not on our own understanding, we have to understand how much He loves us. And the more we understand how much He loves us, and that's each of us individually, and sometimes we have a hard time understanding all-powerful because we think He's too busy to care about my everyday things. But the Bible says He knows every hair on your head. He's studying you. Because he loves you. <laughs> he knows which ones you shave off. <laughs> he counts all the ones you shaved off on, on the ground. <laughs> and he, keeps, he says he keeps all your tears in a bottle. He makes a, a record of each one. 
And you think you cried him in darkness alone in your closet. You think when nobody else saw, he was keeping a record of it. And we say, well, if he loved me, why did he let me cry? But it really comes out of his love again, and that's kind of maybe the hard thing for us to understand. It really comes out of his love for us again in that he wants you as his child. Not as his robot or slave, because he could force you to do whatever he wanted. But he allows you to choose. Because uh, a child can, you know, it's, it's not a relationship. If I tell my child that if you don't tell me you love me, I'm going to beat you up. So they say, I love you, I love you, I love you. It's not a relationship. And that's why he, he lets us choose. And so the choices in this world have led to all the bad things in this world because before sin came into the world, there wasn't any. And you read your, your Bible and you see, you read Deuteronomy 28. When we do wrong things, the land takes it on, including the, the animals, including our descendants. They take it on. It's passed down. The Bible says when we don't follow God on the land, the land brings forth diseases, and there'll be um, things in nature. Not only will, because of the thoughts of people and, and the desires of, to gain things for themselves um, in an unrighteous way, then you have all the wars and you have all these things that are happening in the world, and the more the world forgets about God, doesn't think about God, the, the worse it gets. Because you know why? If there's no God, then, like I said, we're just mutated monkeys, survival of the fittest. So what does it matter if I rip you off? There's no consequence. It doesn't matter at all. You know, you hear about people robbing the elderly, Taking things from the, the children? Well, why not? It's just survival of the fittest. I'm just going to take all I can and then I'm going to die. Or what? Why not? And you see, that's why this world, if we want to see it change for the better, they need to know him. They need to know that we have a creator. And he does set righteous laws for us. But like I said, righteous laws bring freedom. And it's the enemy that tells us, oh man, you know, don't follow God's laws because it keeps us from freedom. But just imagine if you were driving down Komohana after church and you stop at that traffic light and somebody's come speeding the other way at 100 miles in your lane and doesn't stop at the traffic light. Would that be fun? Would that be freedom? Would that be joy? Or would it be that terror and fear and insecurity? And that's what happens in the world without God. And that's why we need to share Him with others because um, without Him, 
then it's selfishness controls because it's just me grabbing everything I can before I die. And that's why the world needs him, and that's, he's the answer. Not a form of government. You know, we thought maybe democracy was God's form of government. That's what Americans, well, in the 60s we used to think that. But you see, you take God out of it, the democracy is all about selfishness again. I don't care if our nation is in so much debt, I'm going to grab everything I can for my state and my people, and everybody does that, and it pork barrels until we're billions of dollars in debt. Because the thought has changed, because there's no reason to think, um, think not what my country can do for me, but what I can do. And those thoughts are Christian values. Those are Christian values. And that's why we need to share with people. If we want to see things change, it got to come from the heart and from the inside. You cannot institute it. And that's why it's so important for people to know. He's there. And yeah, even the bad things in our life, it comes out of His love because it's, that's the way this world is because of our free choice that we have. Because He loves us. But even through it all, he promises that if you trust him with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, he will direct our paths. And Romans 8, um, 20 says that, and he will work all things for the good, even what the devil means for evil. He'll work it all out for the good. I think the devil thought, oh man, I won. I killed the son of God. And it was the best thing that ever happened for us. And it'll be the best thing that ever happened to you if we keep following his ways. Even though our flesh says, I don't want to do it. Yeah? I remember uh, playing basketball in my backyard, the ball going over the wall, breaking my neighbor's ornamental um, crane he had over there, and we all run away. Am I the only person like that? That's why I say, I, I, don't, I don't like how I was. But if we do it God's way, it might be hard in the short run, but in the long run, it, I guarantee you it's going to be good to do it His way. But we got to know He loves us to lean not on our own understanding. My understanding said, run But if we don't and we do it His way, He will work all things out for good. The almighty, all-powerful God will work it all out for good. And He will direct our paths and work it all out for good. And that's why we got to share. And Jesus said, share everywhere that I came. And that's the way that we're going to see not only our personal lives work out for good through all the things, but we have all the future, too, of eternity, as we saw Sama talk about yesterday, yesterday, last Sunday, and how heaven was so wonderful. And it's the first time it reminded me, uh, really interesting, that when um, we had that worship night and I went up to, he, 
he took me like Paul says, and all of a sudden I was walking up these wide, look like white marble steps with multitudes and multitudes of people in this place. I saw pillars, but it was so big, I didn't know if I was inside or outside. And I was way at the back of this crowd and way up front. There was like a rainbow of color and uh, like a stage and people worshiping and we were singing that worship night that song, the Revelation song. <clears throat> holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And, we're, and I remember th later on thinking that I didn't care a bit if David was on the side of me or Paul because everything was just, you know, you can't explain it, was just totally, uh, I don't know, enthralled by Jesus. And so if you listen to what Sama said, they said, oh, what about, did you see 24 elders? Did you see this? Did you see that? She said, everything was just, you cannot explain the love, the, the peace, the joy, all of that, that coming out emanating from him for you, that all, nothing else matters. You don't even care. And uh, it reminded me of that because when she said that, then I remember, yeah, when I was there, I didn't even care about, I didn't care if Abraham or Noah was next to me. I didn't care to talk to him. I didn't even think about, oh, I want to ask them questions. It was just the overwhelming love that he has and the peace, the joy, you know, that cannot be explained. And it was really interesting, too, because she said, yep, they sing Revelation song up there. It's one of the songs we'll be singing. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be singing it again, especially if we have a worship night, when we just focus, focus on him and yeah, and we see things happen. So this is the season that we remember he came. But again, that it's his love that he came for us. His love for you individually. He knows everything about you individually. Not to say, I'm counting. I, you know, I don't know why we have Santa Claus combined with Christmas. Because he's counting if you're naughty or nice. Right? Instead, he, he paid for everything for us. He's counting the hairs on your head and your tears, not to, not to make his list. But it's out of his love for you and his care for you that he cares about every little thing about you. And because he's all-knowing, he wants that relationship with you, that personal relationship with you. So his love, he can show you his love. And the more we know his love, the closer we draw to him. And he changes us. But I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like, oh boy, I've been a bad boy this week. I wasn't thinking loving and righteous in everything I did. You know, it's like when I uh, said that my, you know, we went down to Thailand and my daughter was at the orphanage and the boy comes up, this orphan that just is desperate for love, snot coming down his face and smeared over his face and his clothes and... And the first thought of mine, not the poor boy, he needs love. 
he's desperate for love, my first thought is, man, I'm glad I wasn't there because I didn't want to hug this kid. Still far, far from Jesus, right? Oh, I'm a bad boy today. I can't approach God. I'm a good boy today. I can approach God. Uh, it doesn't matter. He wants us there even more when maybe you feel you haven't been good that week. You haven't, your thoughts and your behavior hasn't been perfectly loving, perfectly righteous, which is every week, really. Our thoughts and intents of our heart wasn't perfectly loving, perfectly righteous. But he more, like he says, he chased after the one, leaves the 99. The more, like those of you who are parents know, it's the child that is going astray that you're thinking about and praying about way more than the child that's doing right. And so even more, he wants you to come. Okay? So let's not forget that's why he came and his love because even more he wants you to come to him. So all the time he wants you to come. And that's the basis of everything is his love and the season for his love. And why we won't need to share about him and his love because that's the only thing going to change this world around. And we have the great opportunity to be the children of God. He loves us so much he adopted. I, I wouldn't have adopted myself, I think. But he loved me enough to adopt me. So, I, you know, I was so much trouble to my parents. Yeah. And, um, but he knew all that. He wanted to adopt me anyway. Yeah. And maybe you feel the same way. So we just are thankful and we're grateful. Why do we do what is, what is right now? Not because I got to earn it. Not because I got to fear my punishment if I'm bad. I've got to do enough good things to earn it just because we're grateful. Just because we're grateful. And we love him back because of that. And that's it. So we try to do our best for him. And that's it. Because, because of love, he loved us, and so we love him back. Yeah. Next year we'll be talking more about... Um, Second thing he says, just like the first, love one another. So we're going to end with that song, the worship.